Leading Ideas Talks podcast is brought to you by the Lewis Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C. Subscribe free to our weekly e-newsletter, Leading Ideas, at churchleadership.com slash leadingideas. Leading Ideas Talks is also brought to you by Be the Welcoming Church. With this engaging video resource, you'll learn how your church can make visitors feel truly welcome and comfortable through best practices for developing welcoming worship, church buildings, congregations, and websites. Learn more about Be the Welcoming Church and watch sample videos at churchleadership.com slash be the welcoming church. And remember, to stay up to date with the latest church leadership strategies and information, please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos. How can an improv comedy show explore the intersection of faith and real life and community? In this engaging episode, we speak with Katie Phillips about how Improv Church offers creative ways for engaging people in worship. Welcome to Leading Ideas Talks, a podcast featuring thought leaders and innovative practitioners. I am Douglas Poe, the director of the Lewis Center and your host for this talk. Joining me is the Reverend Dr. Katie Phillips of Vine Church in Virginia. Our focus for this podcast is Improv Church. Katie, I'm so excited you're joining us and excited to talk about Improv Church. Uh, this is going to be a great conversation. I know a lot of people, when I use the word Improv Church, get this really strange look on their face. So I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about some of the wonderful work you're doing. I'm so glad to be here, Dr. Philly. Thanks for having me. Before we get into what is Improv Church, I'm curious, what made you consider improv as a way of being together in a faith community? I'm thinking most people, when they are thinking about church or a faith community, improv is probably not the first thing that comes to their mind. So what made you yeah, think this would be a wonderful way to gather? Yeah, your reaction is similar to the Board of Ordained Ministries uh, as I came through for ordination. Uh, I have experience in improv comedy. When I was a junior in college at uh, at Boston University, uh, of chicken, my class, who we, we just bantered during class, she goes, you're funny. And uh, I said, well, you think, thanks, you're funny too. And she said, you should audition for the college improv troupe. And I really had not much of a reference point for what improv was, but I auditioned and got in and through that connected with Improv Boston and started performing for a number of years with professional comedy uh, clubs doing improv comedy and touring the country and comedy festivals. And in the course of that, developed what I call improv theology um, and just recognize there's something really powerful to this work of improv that I think speaks to um, the creative God. Uh, who formed us. So for me, it, it just is part of my experience. So probably like every pastor, you bring what you know to the table. And uh, this is the fifth church where I've worked. And the Vine is a church plant with only a 14 year history. And um, they don't have a ton of committees. <laughs> and so we get to yes a lot more quickly. And post COVID, we're in this experimental season. So it just seemed like the right time to try this like kind of wacky idea. Um, of combining the art of improv and this world of comedy with this space of faith formation. 
this is pretty exciting that um, your background is actually in improv. So this isn't just something you're just like, this sounds like a great thing to try. You actually started sort of improv before you moved into thinking about um, this work as a pastor. And now you're sort of bringing together your background from improv and of course, um, your love of theology and the church. So now let's get to the question everybody wants to know. What is Improv Church? So glad you asked. Uh, so I Improv Church. you would be. <laughs> improv Church uh, uses, uh, uses a form of improv that's called an Armando. So it's a format for improv. Many people have probably seen what we call short form improv comedy shows. So on TV, that's like, whose line is it anyway? Uh, so it's a series of games and I love short form improv. It's the way many of us have made money in the industry at some point, because people love it. It's, you know, packaged, it's, it's good. But there's this other form of improv called long form where you kind of get one-ish suggestion from the audience. And then you do a whole show, a whole 90 minute night of theater and comedy based off that original input and just allow the comedians to start riffing off each other. So everything becomes an input, right, along the way. So the Armando is this form of long form that lots of comedy clubs do around the country where there's someone who gives a monologue at the beginning. And then there's a series of scenes that are improvised using that monologue as inspiration. And then the, the monologist, I don't know if that's a real word or not, uh, I like but the it, you like it. The like monologist it. comes back up kind of halfway through the show and um, they may have started the night with a story that they were prepared to tell about their life. But halfway through, they come back up with a story they weren't prepared to tell based on what they just watched in the show. And then there's another 30 minutes or so of improv. So I just thought that format could work in a in a worship setting where instead of a monologue, it's a little homily, it's a little message. So for us at Vine Improv Church, you come in, uh, we have a mocktail bar set up in the church. We're mixing mocktails for people. We want it to feel like a date night. We want it to feel like you're at a comedy club. Um, we charge $10, it's a donation. So we let everyone in, but we, and the reason we do that is because the comedians told us to. Uh, they said, don't, don't make it free. No one's going to a free comedy show. That sounds awful. Right? <laughs> you yeah, got to have some true. value, have some value to it. So it's 10 bucks, mocktail bar, you come in and then uh, I welcome people and I explain to them, this is an experiment in, in faith and in comedy and tell them the format. And then I give a brief um, homily. And I, I, I really work to keep it very uh, because the folks that we attract to Improv Church, our goal with Improv Church is to reach people who are likely not going to come on Sunday morning. So these are not people who uh, necessarily have a high biblical literacy. And so we want to introduce them to the person of, of Jesus Christ. And so um, I do that through story, brief homily, and then the improvisers start the comedy. Uh, I come back up. And so I plan what I'm going to say there. My general preaching involves improv. So when I say plan, I know what story I'm going to use from scripture. Um, and then the improvisers riff for about 30 minutes. And I use whatever they just did, you know, to think through what my next little piece is going to be. And I offer another little five minute thought. And then the improvisers go again. So um, that's kind of, and then we close with um, uh, invitation to prayer. 
an invitation to communion. And we explain what the communion table is and that it's for everyone. And then the improvisers close with a game, uh, just kind of a fun improv game. Uh, and we invite folks then to stay and hang out, uh, chat, converse. Uh, and so some folks leave, but a lot of folks stay. And the improvisers join them around tables and just some cool conversations happen. Well, let's unpack all of what you just said uh, a little bit here, because you've said a lot. And um, I think this is going to be really exciting for individuals. The first piece is when you talk about the improvisers, my understanding is these are actual comedians. So these aren't people who sort of, um, I don't want to use the word playing at, but these aren't individuals who are from the church who then are trying to do this, but these are actually professional comedians that are improvising off of a homily. So, I mean, it's probably stretching them some also, but but that you, and this is part of why you're charging or the donation of a $10, because these are real comedians doing the work of improvising. That's right. They are. These are all folks who have their own following. They perform in the DC area regularly because I still jump into shows every so often they're all people I know or have connected to through them but they're not all Christians and there's some stories there that I'd be happy to share of, of some 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 work God is up to in those spaces but that's right they're professional comedians so we advertise that this show is for ages 14 plus and that there's no holds barred so we literally put in the advertising if you're the kind of person that clutches your pearls this is not the worship service for you we welcome you to any of our other ones right right um but we were, the audience we're looking for are folks who are looking for a comedy show. Yeah. Um, but because they're professional comedians, their primary focus is comedy, then part, part of my idea for this is that there has to be space where the church can be pliable and we can make fun of ourselves, where the issues with the institution or even holes in scripture can be pointed out, right? And when I say holes in scripture, I mean, you know, we read scripture on Sunday morning in worship. And I, I'm sometimes astounded that no matter what passage I preach from or I watch other preachers preach from, the congregation's reaction to a scripture reading, we've been trained that our reaction should be, mm, yes. <laughs> mm. Where the truth is, there are times we should be turning to each other and going, what? Like, <laughs> that's bananas. I mean, from the ridiculous, like the donkey was talking, really, like, you should turn to the person next to you and go, come on, right? Or you know, there's more to this story or things that are just devastating or hard or, you know, painful or tragic, traumatic. But we've somehow been trained that the the reasonable response for worshipers is, mm, mm. and what you say to a preacher on the way out the door is, thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. I, I needed that. And I, I just think there's now at this point, multiple generations of people for whom um, the church is countercultural. This notion of coming to worship for an hour and standing, sitting, listening to this kind of lecture, which all of which I'm a fan of, P.S. But I know that there's several generations of people that are just so far removed from that, that this notion that um, that improvisers could take as inspiration a sermon and riff on it, run with it in any way that it informs them on any given night. And so that means sometimes they're they're finding the the problems, if you will, in the story. Um, it means sometimes they're you know sometimes they're just highlighting the theme beautifully, and I, I leave going mm, thank you, you know. Right? Uh, other times they're making they're poking fun at the institution, and 
but all of it for that to happen in a church, I think speaks to a younger generation that that's all acceptable, that that's all acceptable. That's all part of faith formation. We're not afraid of that. God is bigger than that. The church is stronger than being afraid of someone going, wait a minute, <laughs> what about that? Right. Let's, let's play on that problem in the story or let's let's highlight this thing so I think it creates some really cool conversations on the other side of it so um I don't know if you can do this and I'm not trying to put you in the spot but uh just uh sort of help sort of our listeners or those who are viewing on YouTube to get sort of a better perspective um if you shared a story um, and I'm just going to try to pick something really innocent um, about um, Jesus on a walk to Emmaus and walking with uh, the disciples. And of course, they don't know that it's Jesus, right? So then the improvisers don't know that you're going to share this story ahead of time, I'm assuming. Correct. So then once they hear you share about the walk to Emmaus, can you share then, like, what is an example of what they would do with the story um, yeah. in terms of uh, what would happen? I mean, it could go it could go a ton of different ways. And again, there's there's maybe two of the improvisers. We have about maybe ten uh, comedians that have that have rotated through Improv Church. Mm -hmm. And I would say, and I'm kind of guessing here, I would say two or three of them have some biblical knowledge. Okay. Um, from someone on a Sunday school at some point in their lives. So there's a couple mm -hmm. reference points, but by and large, they're hearing this story for the first time. They're hearing, you know, so it's not just they're hearing my take on it for the first time, they're right. hearing it for the first time. So, I mean, with that example, they're going to pick up on a theme, right? This theme of like not being recognized. And you're going to see a series of scenes from workplaces and relationships where like, you know, we're the maybe the dramatic irony is that we're shocked the people on stage don't recognize the person they should obviously recognize, right? And so they're going to play it out in ways that um, what they are not going to do is replay the scene. And I'm really clear on that. Like, that's not the way this improv format works. People are not coming to watch a Christian comedy, like reenactment of a story. They're just using the story as inspiration. So they're going to find a theme, uh, a moment, a word sometimes that I use, um, and they're just going to riff on it and they're going to expand it and expand it and expand it. Um, so. Thank you. I think that's helpful. And I think um, for me, what is uh, exciting is the fact that we don't typically think about homilies, sermons as something people can riff off of, right? Like, you said, I mean, you, you know, I don't, I love the way you did it. The, mm, like, you know, right. literally yeah. that, you know, we think about it in that way. So opening up that space to allow people to actually imagine it differently, I think is powerful. Um, let me ask you, do you get pushback on saying it's 14 plus? I can, I can imagine um, some individuals saying, well, you know, everything should be open to everybody. It should be family friendly. You know, do you get the sort of pushback that in this particular case, um, you have to be intentional because you're using professional comedians who right. have not grown up in a church world that we've got to actually, you know, be careful about the age group. Right. You know, post COVID, um, 
I came to this appointment, two, I'm two and a half years into this particular appointment. And so I came to it right at this time when we were reopening the church, like, you know, following kind of COVID shutdown. And like every other pastor leader found a new landscape and that every trick, most tricks I've known in the past are not working in the same kind of way to gather people. And so we started experimenting with a number of different ways to worship in addition to Sunday morning. Um, there's a Silver Diner down the road. We're right near a metro stop right here in Northern Virginia, urban area. Silver Diner right down the road that is, um, you, you know, on some nights of the week seems kind of empty. Met with the manager there. He gave us one room there Tuesday nights to have diner. We call it diner church, right? Uh, we have a yoga church on Sunday mornings that's online, involves communion and prayer. It's not a yoga class, it's a worship service. Uh, we have a group called Imbiblers, I'm very proud of that name, uh, that meets at a local pub. So my DS said to me uh, after meeting with me about something, she goes, oh, I hope you're going to the Fresh Expressions workshop. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. So I, I came to learn about what Fresh Expressions are after kind of starting these things, and I'm, I'm on board with it. So for me, this notion of having these different modes or vehicles or manners in which we tell the same story, right? The mission hasn't changed, the vision hasn't changed, but the means I think need some flexibility uh, in this time and place. So for me, in the same way that, you know, a youth group is for ages seven through 12, seven through 12 and the third grade Sunday school class, well, it's for third graders. And you know, that, that there's, that I think it's okay to have different vehicles um, where we're trying to appeal to different people. I think we have to have a wideness of our vision in that kind of way. But I will tell you, Doug, at this, Again, this appointment is just different and I'm so thankful for it. And I think um, I actually did a workshop with the church yesterday. Uh, I, I meet with team, you know, I'm invited to meet with staff teams and do workshops and leadership training and creativity training. And um, and I was reminded just, it was a great church, great workshop, but I was reminded of previous churches where I've served where there's committee, 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 committee. And, um, and things just move a little slower. And I just think in post-COVID, we've got to just be a bit more nimble as a church. So when I went to our board and I pitched this idea, they're like, yeah, give it a try. In fact, you all published an article um, yes. two years ago with the thesis that was just try stuff. Yeah. And I wrote it on uh, that we have a chalk wall in our shared office space and it's huge on our wall, just try stuff. Uh, that this is what we have to do. We have to not be so afraid of failure. We have to throw stuff up against the wall. So I pitch Improv Church to my leadership team and I'm ready. I'm prepared. Details, data, the why. They go, yeah, yeah. Why Why wouldn't we? That's that's great. Let's do it. I say, what? what? And then I, I thought, okay, I need to push this a little bit because they're going to be the ones that get the emails saying, I cannot believe that word was used in a worship space. So I literally sat there and I painted the picture for them and they're all just like, yeah, no, yes, we're a yes on this. So I pushed it farther and I said, I'm about to say some bad words in front of you all because when you get an email with this bad word, I want you to be ready. So I just straight face looked at my board on a Zoom call and I said, what if this word is said? What if this word is said? What if a scene goes this direction, right? I mean, it's a comedy club, so there can be sexual content. There can be but goodness gracious, is, is the human body hilarious? Yes. Is our relationships funny? Yes. All that is wonderful about comedy, about kind of poking fun at, at those spaces. I want it to be available in this spot, but I want you guys to really be prepared for what I'm pitching. 
And the oldest member of, our, member of our board looked at me and she said, if you get any of those emails, you forward them to me and I will respond. Thank you so much for coming and for your feedback. This is not the worship service for you. May I invite you to, right? Any of these other options we have. So it was just important to me that they get it, not just in this general, like, oh, we love that we have a creative pastor who's going to try something. I need you to be on board enough that you're going to defend it if, you know, if we get to that space. So far, uh, we've, you know, done it for just shy of a year. Um, we haven't had any of that pushback, but I, we try to be really plain about it, including at that introductory part of the night. So in the advertising, we try to be clear about it, but in the introduction and welcome, we try to be clear about it too. So you've been doing it for about a year um, and I am not one of these people who believe numbers are the only measure of success. So I'm gonna ask you in this way, are you happy with the participation um, in terms of people who are coming to this form of worship? Yeah, I am, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the numbers, but you know, like every church looks different. Uh, we have run between 40 and 100 people. Uh, 40 was our lowest on a holiday weekend. So generally we're running, you know, 60, 70 people, uh, 100-ish has been our, our highest, which to me is a solid crowd for a comedy club. Like often comedy clubs are black box theaters, you got 50 seats or, or that kind of thing. So, um, so we have felt like there's been healthy audience, healthy space for conversation. And, and I think a real spirit of fun. They've been really fun nights. Let me move in a little bit different direction. Um, people I can um, imagine will hear this and some are gonna think this is great. They're gonna wanna call you up and learn more and what's going on. Others are gonna be worried about, you know, where's the theological grounding? Like what undergirds all of this or is this really just a show? Um, what would you say to those individuals who are worried that this may move far away from what they understand as being theologically sort of undergirded and solid? Sure. If you live nearby, I would say, come and see, <laughs> which is a quote from scripture you may be familiar with. Uh, so I'd say, come and see. Uh, but I, I would say, you know, I mean, I start with the very beginning. I, I literally, uh, you know, you know, this, uh, this notion that in the beginning, there was a formless void and the creator God creates out of nothing. Like God is the first improviser and God continues to create out of nothing, out of something to be informed by what is and to create. And so I think this, the, I think that work is inspiring. This new thing that God is always up to is inspiring and exciting. And I think for people to be in spaces where there's that kind of like, you know, potential, like, oh, you know, what's happening where they're seeing a church that's unafraid to like address the questions and, you know, um, uh, even receive a little pushback that we're not worshiping an institution. Um, I think it's, it's really powerful and resonates and speaks to kind of the boundary breaking work that that Jesus was always up to. But I would also say every form of fresh expression that we've engaged here, it started with me thinking through this, you know, fourfold pattern of worship. And what does that look like at the root of it, at the heart of it, right? Um, 
And so we make sure that we're moving people through that process. So at Improv Church, it just so happens, you know, that the that the sharing of the word happens from a homily and this flexing, you know, uh, against it, this kind of conversation. But then we invite people to this opportunity to respond. We invite people to the table. We've had multiple people take communion for the first time in their lives at Improv Church. That's powerful to me. Um, I told you earlier, we've seen some really interesting, you know, when we planned this, we thought, oh, all the people who live in the apartments and condos right here are 20 somethings. They're going to, they're going to come, you know, the Dunloring Metro people are going to come. The truth is we've got some of those folks, but the truth is the folks who are coming are the spouses of our members who have zero interest in coming Sunday morning or the college age kids of our members who otherwise don't attend, or that this is a place where people are inviting their neighbors and friends, that our normal attendees are inviting their neighbors and friends uh, to come. But part of the power of it for us so far has been what's happening in the lives of the comedians. Uh, I've now performed a, a wedding ceremony for two of them who were gonna go to a civil officiant, but said to me, um, we've really thought about this and, and we want God to be part of it, right? <laughs> Like, come on, let's come on, let's do this thing. Uh, one comedian, I got a text uh, probably midnight after one of the shows. Uh, and the person said to me, I've now heard you talk about this Jesus guy three times. And I'm starting to wonder if there's something there for me. And I mean, man, it just brought me to my knees. Yeah, just, that's powerful. You know, like, what does that look like? So, I mean, and of course, that's the way God does, right? Like, we, we, my vision wasn't to convert comedians, right? Uh, my thought was, let me use some of my friends uh, who just happen to be wicked funny and are willing to perform in this venue. Um, but lo and behold, I mean, uh, God is attractive and appealing. And uh, it's a powerful message of grace that people are longing to hear. And so to give them a way to hear the same thing that you would hear on Sunday morning, but through a different lens, through a different way of hearing it, um, you know, and, and then the invitation to, to come to the table, invitation to share your prayers, invitation to be part of community, stay, let's talk about it a little bit. What'd you hear? What'd you think? What are your questions? What do you disagree with? Right. It's all, right. it can all happen here. As we um, get ready to draw to a close, I'm curious of if you could, um, think about the future and think about, we'll say three years, five years from now, and imagine what you would like to see happen with Improv Church. What would that look like? for you? Well, I mean, I'll confess, I'm super excited. There's some other churches that are interested in trying it. So I've been contacted, you know, by a number of different folks. Improv has become somewhat ubiquitous at this point. And so people, you know, have done a corporate improv training, uh, you know, of some kind, or uh, there's an improv club near them and they're taking some classes. So I've been contacted by a number of pastors who are like, hey, I do improv, you know, what's this about? Uh, and so it's a, it's a joy to like meet with them and paint a picture of here's how we do it. I don't know what it could look like for you. But for me, the exciting thing, if I think about the future would be that we're flexible enough to consider ways, I love Sunday morning. I'm a local church kid, goodness gracious. A sermon is a one-way yes. message. Yes. And so something like Improv Church creates space 
for it to be more than just that. You get that piece. That's what I bring to the table. But for us to be available enough that we would create space for the community to do all those things I've been talking about, right? The, um, the flexibility. Um, a, a book years ago, and, and I'm not trying to advocate for Rob Bell and his theology entirely, but I was in my 20s, I read Velvet Elvis by Rob Bell. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, and it was powerful for me, especially at that time in my faith formation. And he talks about our faith being built like a brick wall. And the problem with that is when any one brick is removed, the structural integrity of the whole thing crumbles. And his, the paradigm he offers is what if we thought of our faith more like a trampoline and that there was some space for us to jump and push and flex and ask and consider and learn from each other. And so for me, I think many kinds of fresh expression spaces are a bit more like trampolines. Um, and especially improv church, where we even allow out loud on the stage, if you will, people to go, huh, wait a minute, what if? And sometimes they're very clearly reinforcing the message of the story, but it's kind of just the church saying, yeah, let's talk about it. Look, let's talk about it. And we're unafraid to do that because we know the truth of who of who God is. And so we, we need we don't need to be afraid of, a, well, wait a minute, what about or how about this? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And, and we believe, we know uh, that at the, at the bottom of it, uh, there's gonna be this, this grace uh, and presence of an Emmanuel uh, who is with us. So let's, let's get there together. Okay, this has been um, really fun, not to use a pun for, for <laughs> me to um, talk with you about improv. And I do hope individuals will take you up on it and either come and see if they're in your area or talk with you further um, about improv, because I do believe that you are 100% correct that um, we have to find ways to be more nimble and open spaces for people who would not normally hear the word in traditional ways to be able to hear the word. So thank you so much for your participation. Uh, thank you, grateful to be here. Thanks for joining us for Leading Ideas Talks. Please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos.